afternoon, New Mexico. Truth seekers, freedom fighters, defenders of liberty, deplorables, lizard people, ultra magas, and all of you out there clinging to your guns and Bibles. I'm your host, Becca Marie, and you are listening to Freedom Speak. We are unrestrained, unashamed, unrelenting, unapologetic, and unafraid. On Conservative Talk, ABQ, KDAZ, 96.9 FM, AM 700, and you can listen from anywhere at conservativetalkabq.com. I want to invite you to check out my website at its new location, freedomspeaknm.com. You can listen to all the recent shows by clicking on the radio replay link. You can also click on the resources link that has the directory of all the freedom-friendly businesses throughout the state of New Mexico. A lot of good people that would like to have your business. You can also now download the podcast of all of my previous shows from Spotify, Stitcher, and Apple iTunes. Have questions and comments? Want to get started advertising? Email me at Becca at freedomspeaknm.com. I have a pack pack show today. I have uh, two guests in the studio right now. I have a third one joining. Uh, it's going to be a full house today. Have lots of really great topics to talk about. I'm sure we'll only scratch the surface as usual. But there's one thing that is on my mind a lot, and it's actually been on my mind for, well, a couple of years now. I want to talk about a little bit about are the powers that be, are the people working in the shadows, are they trying to make us stupid? I think they've been successful to a certain extent. So those who reside in the shadows and who fan the flames of discontent laugh at all of us, both on the left and on the right. And why shouldn't they laugh? Many of us, when we're told, Stand on one foot, we stand on one foot. When told to stand on our heads, we stand on our heads. When told to cover our faces with a silly piece of cloth, we strap on the face diaper of obedience. When told to follow ridiculous orders without question, many of us do so when told to allow ourselves to be used as a medical experiment, many of us do that too. We act and carry on like Harry and Lloyd from the movie Dumb and Dumber. It's not entirely our fault because we have been poisoned by substances in our water and food. As well, our minds have been poisoned by nihilism, debauchery, nonsensical thinking, and a make-believe sense of entitlement. We have been forced to conform by the very people who polluted an entire generation's hearts by preaching nonconformity. This is what happens when God and faith in a higher power is taken out of the equation and replaced with nonsensical pseudo-moralistic stances that are void of any real morality given to us by an ever-growing, overbearing, unconstitutional federal government. It's not just our current fake president who is in cognitive decline, but many of the citizens of this nation as well. What else can be said when we watch as people lose the ability to be rational? 
There are dangerous formaldehyde levels in our homes, fluoride in our water, dangerous additives in our food, mercury and lead in the fish that we eat, and now poisonous so-called disease prevention treatments, but to mention a few. These substances and many more equate to a type of cognitive castration. And if falling testosterone levels continue, which they are, it's scientifically proven, they're dropping at an alarming rate, they will constitute a physical castration as well. All the things that I'm talking about can be verified with just a small amount of rating. I suggest you start with a book called Vaccine A or another called The Brotherhood of Darkness. It's not just poisonous substances that we need to worry about, but a nationally mandated education system that is designed to fail. We're so worried about test scores that we're no longer able to establish firm foundations in the essentials of the three R's. I read a story this week where in some Washington state public schools, they feel it important to teach nine-year-olds a sex education course with self-gratification as one of the topics. These kids may not be able to solve simple math, but they will be skilled in the art of getting off. Doesn't this make you mad? Do you really want to allow your children to be in the care of these types of immoral, evil reprobates? It's not just stupidity as in the inability to learn and discern that plagues us as a nation, but willful ignorance in the form of only seeking what makes you feel good that constitutes a grave danger. A striking realization recently came upon me. I finally accepted the undeniable fact that for multitudes of people, a realization of reality will only come when tyranny has its boot on their necks. It's because of cognitive dissonance that these people refuse to see anything important. Many of you may not understand the term cognitive dissonance. Don't feel bad, honestly, it's a term I had not heard until not too long ago myself. Never had a reason to know, really. The term cognitive dissonance is used to describe the mental discomfort that results from holding two conflicting beliefs values or attitudes. People tend to seek consistency in their attitudes and perceptions. So this conflict causes feelings of unease or discomfort. This inconsistency between what people believe and how they behave motivates people to engage in actions that will help minimize feelings of discomfort. People attempt to relieve this tension in different ways, such as by rejecting, explaining away, or even avoiding new information. The following are signs of cognitive dissonance. You will find these signs to be very familiar. Feeling uncomfortable for, before doing something or making a decision. Trying to justify or rationalize a decision that you've made or an action you have taken. Feeling embarrassed or ashamed about something you've done or trying to hide your actions from other people. Experiencing guilt or regret about something you've done in the past. Doing things because of social pressure or a fear of missing out, even if it wasn't something you wanted to do. Does that sound at all familiar to you? 
The enemies of freedom and liberty have been using all of these tools against us. What kinds of situations create conflicts that lead to cognitive dissonance? Here's a good one. Forced compliance. Sometimes you might find yourself engaging in behaviors that are opposed to your own beliefs due to external expectations, often for work, school, or a social situation. This might involve going along with something due to peer pressure or doing something at work to avoid getting fired. New information. Sometimes learning new information can lead to feelings of cognitive dissonance. For example, if you engage in a behavior that you later learn is harmful, it can lead to feelings of discomfort. People sometimes deal with this either by finding ways to justify their behaviors or finding ways to discredit or ignore new information. You know, for the past couple of years, me and a whole bunch of people I know, we've been really, really outspoken about all of the information that came out about these dangerous, poisonous, so-called vaxes that aren't vaxes at all. And when the reports come out from, say, VAERS, which is a government report even, that people are dropping dead by the tens of thousands after getting this shot, people ignore this information. This is classic. This is exactly what I've described here. Decisions. People make decisions both large and small on a daily basis. When faced with two similar choices, people often are left with feelings of dissonance because both options are equally appealing. Once a choice has been made, however, people need to find a way to reduce these feelings of discomfort because people accomplish this by justifying why their choice was the best option so that they can believe that they made the right decision. What influences cognitive dissonance? The degree of dissonance people experience can depend on a few different factors, including how highly they value a particular belief and the de degree to which their beliefs are inconsistent. This discomfort caused by this condition can manifest itself in a variety of ways. Now tell me if all of this sounds familiar to you. These manifestations include anxiety, embarrassment, regret, sadness, shame, stress. You know, we see all of these things going on around the world right now with the school shootings and the, and the parade shootings and people running people over with cars in parades and, 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 and the violence. Do you think maybe there might be a connection here? Ultimately, many people cope with this situation by doing what they are told and accepting what they are told, no matter how ridiculous it may seem. You know, I was watching uh, Christy Hutchinson, which some of you might be familiar with on social media. She travels all over the country. She's a really good lady. She's uh, Women Fighting for America. And the other day I watched her interviewing, doing kind of like a man on the street interviewing while she was in California. And I think she was surprised by the answers she was getting by some of the people on the street that she was talking to. She was asking them, hey, if they try to lock you down again, are you going to lock down? Ah, 
unbelievable. Overwhelmingly, like I, I saw one guy, he said, oh, well, yeah, it's like, I don't want to make other people uncomfortable. So yeah, I guess I'll, I guess I'll do whatever I'm told. It's like, oh my God, where have all the men gone? Where have all the real men gone? Where have the men gone that fought for this country and made it free? Where have the men gone that fought in World War II and ran into the face of danger knowing that they would probably be gunned down by machine gun turrets? Where are the men in this country? So now I want to mention willful ignorance. <coughs> I can see that this could be, hold on a second, I got to take a drink. <clears throat> I can see that this could be brought on by the cognitive dissonance I just talked about. It's a type of self-induced stupidity, but unlike a brain injury, the willfully ignorant can be forced back into a somewhat functioning cognitive state. This historically happens when a person is tortured or forced to watch their loved one slaughtered. Unfortunately, by then, there is zero recourse to fight back against oppression. So many times in my life, I have witnessed people say through regret, what was I thinking? Of course, the answer I always refrain from giving is, you were not thinking. You know, the tyranny that we have seen <clears throat> in this country and in this state over the past couple of years, it's something that has been coming on just really, really slowly for pff, decades. But I think when Donald Trump got elected president, I think that they, he threw a wrench in their plans. They had to up the, up the level of uh, how fast they want to get things done. We're seeing all kinds of things happen all over. This isn't just a United States thing. This is a worldwide thing that's going on. And the evil behind all of this the Charles Schwab's and all these people at the World Economic Forum and all of this, they're the ones that are really running this, what's going on. You know, I was thinking about this cognitive dissonance thing, and as you know, I'm, a, I'm an engineer, electronics engineer, to be more specific. And I was thinking about the, how this cognitive dissonance, where it can cause people to be stressed, it can cause them to feel uh, depression, it can make them do crazy things. It can make them just shut down. And we've seen a lot of that going on. You know, it's a myth that people will say, oh, well, I'm a multi, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a multitasker. You know, I think about, no, no, nobody's a multitasker. That's a, a complete total lie. There is no such thing as multitasking. We can shift our attention between multiple things very, very quickly and it can may, may seem like multitasking. I'm really good at that. I'm actually good at shifting my attention from one thing to the other really quickly. I do it all the time on this show. <clears throat> but I compare it to an electronics thing, okay? Where there is no multitasking in electronics either. It's like everything is in, a, in the form of what's called serial data. Even the internet is serial data. It's like packets of information traveling around like a, like a train, one thing attached to the next thing, all in one line. And our brains work the same way. 
Well, when you try to speed that up and you try to just reconcile too many things at the same time, like a computer, you get a crash. And I think we're seeing a lot of human beings crashing. And that's exactly what the evil behind all this is trying to do. It's trying to overload everyone to where people just get to the point of where, okay, I'm just, I'm just going to go along. I'm going to do what you tell me to do. I kind of wonder if that's what happened in Nazi Germany also. That's what led people to, number one, German Germans, that German people that lived in Germany taking up arms, doing what they were told, shoving the Jews into the gas chambers, onto the trains, slaughtering people that were disabled, doctors performing just absolutely horrendous acts, nurses also. And you kind of wonder how that happened. Well, now I think we're kind of seeing how that happened. We've seen over the last couple of years, we've seen Americans turning against their neighbors. There's so much misinformation just getting absolutely shoved down our throats on a daily basis by media, by Hollywood, everywhere. Billboards along the road, lying politicians, lying people in the media, fake news. Donald Trump got it right. We had the guy that was trying to save us from all this. And he got put out of office by a fraudulent election. Anyway, so I'm going to announce my two guests here, and I'm sure they, they've been nodding their heads and uh, making notes, and I think they have a lot of things to say about this. Glenna Thornton. Good morning. She's been on with me before. She's Aunt's wife. Yeah, um, Mrs. Aunt. Mrs. Aunt. Mm -hmm. I used to, he used to be the guy with the girl. Now <laughs> I'm the girl with the guy. There you go. It's not fun. The tall, handsome guy <laughs> that always dresses so good. He does, and it's, it's always a battle at our house. Right. <laughs> to see who looks better. <laughs> good morning. <laughs> good morning. So uh, what's your thoughts on all this, Glenna? Well, one thing that... I think that you got a few things to I say. I do. I... I, I went to a um, parade in Alamogordo and two Navy SEALs were there. They were from SEALs, SEAL Team 2 and SEAL Team 3. When you were talking about men were men mm -hmm. back then. And he is, he's recently had become a Christian, both of them, uh, and it was great. very cool. But one thing one of them said that really stuck in my mind, he says, the, we are making our men weaker, okay, that uh, they, they're the stupid ones on the commercials, they're this, that, and we have angry women. So you have weak men and angry women. And, and if you look at every crowd, and I don't care if you protest, but it's weak men yeah. and angry women. No, you're right. And uh, I you thought know that was a fast, I just, it was simple, but it was exactly what is going on? Well, you know, we were talking about that the other day, like in the, in the freedom movement, how there's so many more women involved, you know, and I think a lot of that has to do with what I mentioned, those testosterone levels. Yep. They're dropping dramatically. And I'm telling you, if they keep dropping at the rate they're dropping, we're going to be extinct as a pop. We're going to be extinct as a race. Well, in, in no time at all. I mean, it's literally dropping by dramatic amounts every decade. You know, I even look at when, if we went to war today, oh, 
I, I think we'd have half of our men turn away and run. Well, I, mean, I do. Look, I well, look at what they've done. They've managed to throw out all the ones that were critical thinkers. Right. All they got oh, the are the ones that can't get, won't get vaxxed and won't do. Yeah. yeah with all you. they have yep. left are the obedient sheeple. Yep. That's it. Yep. Yep. I just, uh, I just thought that that was a simple, what you were talking about, very simple way to talk about what's going on in our country, and it's a frightening thing. Yes, it is. I think. Hey, so. I got Derek Scott back with me too. He's a former uh, candidate for Bernalillo County Sheriff. <clears throat> Unfortunately, they took the establishment pick. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, yeah, Derek, what do you have to say? Um, yeah, so I appreciate you having me back on. This is great. Thank you so much. Um, I was supposed to say that too. <laughs> <laughs> I beat you to it. But yeah, no, I, uh, I agree. Um, but I get blamed sometimes for having too much. <laughs> by my wife so I guess I'm good in that department if I'm allowed to say that but um but yeah no I agree there is a lot of men that are draining away it's part of something that I've been actually working on pre uh, the sheriff's uh, running for the sheriff and and post running for sheriff it's something that I'm actually going to dive deeper into I haven't announced anything yet but I will be soon about what we're going to try to do. So we, I have three different levels that we're looking at, you know, as always, I always have a plan, you know, and then a plan B and plan C. But um, just like when I ran for sheriff, you know, I always had these plans for everybody said, here, here's our plan. Here's what we're going to do. So yeah, I'll be announcing what our plan is because yes, there, we need, you know, I, I saw it in my son a while back and definitely myself and other friends of mine who are men, you know, took him in and, and, and we're like, we're going to show him how to be a man, you know, and this is, this is what's going to happen and you're going to toughen up and, it, but it, unfortunately for him going to school, he's a different person to everyone else. And so it's really hard for him in the sense of here he is knowing what a man needs to be, be trying to become a man, a real man that wants to, you know, protect, guide, and be part of society and make it better. But it kind of goes counter to the, what the teachers want and what he's being taught. The school he's in is a little better. I will admit that I like Sam's Academy for now because they seem to have good influence in the sense of reading, writing, arithmetic. They're sticking to the sciences. They stick to math, you know, the way it should be. Mm -hmm. um, but they're getting torn down by the, the PED. So, you know, I'm, it's not a surprise, right? If you look at the schools and, you know, you know my wife works mm -hmm. in APS. And so when you look at the schools and she complains about it all the time is that Number one, it's not to be mean, it's just women have taken those roles, is it's a matriarchal system of education, period. You can't get around that. It's 90, what was the last statistic I saw? It was like 92% women and the rest are men teachers or administrators or whatever in the whole, the whole United States. So that means it's a matriarchal system. You cannot deny that men are not properly represented as the left would try to say for other things, right? They're not properly represented in the education system. How do we know that? Shop class is gone, music is gone, because a lot of music teachers were male. Mm -hmm. um, 
you have, let's see, you have math, you have sciences that have kind of whittled away. I mean, remember when I went to school and it, I had shop and I, the shop teacher was a guy, you know, and he was great. He was a good mentor to me when I was in junior high. You know, I was, when I was in school, I remember um, I had, we went, I went to two different schools because we moved, uh, but I had music teachers. I was in the band and the music teachers were both males. And I had a shop class I took too when I was in high school and uh, the two teachers in there were both male. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you look yeah. at the percentage in the past, it was a way different percentage of women mm -hmm. to men than it is today. Right. Yeah. I, you know, I kind of look at it as your, your K through six or K through five. That's a nurturing type education. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, and that's where I think women actually are good for that. Of course, not in today's time. I have a friend of mine who's a first grade mm -hmm. teacher who's retired and she goes, I couldn't hug anymore. Yeah. And that's and that's unfortunate. But once you get up into your your uh, don't you remember physical science and don't you remember taking all the those were all, when I was growing up, those were men that were teaching. Doesn't mean women can't. Right. I'm just saying your 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 STEM classes, most of them or male or teachers, men. yeah. And that's where we learn from. And, right. so, and they, they didn't need to be nurturing. They needed to teach. Well, and as we know, statistically, fathers, right? Sure, of course. So what role are they taking within school? A fatherly-like right. position. Right. What is it that your father teaches you in a family in a family structure where there's no divorce or anything, you're still together, right? Right. <laughs> is the father teaches more math, sciences, and stuff, even though my wife's a little bit better <laughs> at the math than me in certain respects, which is kind of a bummer. But, um, but yeah, no, she's, she, I'm, I do teach a lot of the logic center of our family. When there's logic issues, they come to me, right? When there's questions to be asked of how to get something done, they come to me, right? Um, when they're trying to figure something out for like just cleaning, they, they go to mom, you know? That there is a good separation between the responsibilities of a parent. And so when you have broken homes, as we know, Tucker Carlson talks about it, like you were talking about before the show started. Well, you know, broken homes, it's like we have so many of those now. Mm. It's like, I remember when I was a kid, how things have changed so much. I remember when I was a kid, I would go to like my friend's houses and stuff. They all had a mom and a dad. Oh. Yeah. Every, yeah. Single Every single one, one of them. Of them. Yeah. Every one of them. Yeah. Now, uh, it's rare. Very. Do you know that yeah. the, uh, in high school, very first time I'd ever been to a person's home whose dad, they got divorced. They were divorced. Mm -hmm. And it was the and it was late in high school and that was in seventy three. And that was so unusual. I mean did we didn't uh, we didn't ostracize or anything like that. That wasn't the point. It was just so unusual where now you're right. The unusual is if you have a mom and dad at home. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and there we go. That's mm -hmm. what you guys nailed it on the head. That's what it is for my son. Mm -hmm. So he's the unusual one now because his mother and father are still together right. and are still, you know, trying to get the best education, trying to shove to make sure that Alan gets the best opportunities, the best education, all this other stuff. And, you know, some jealousy comes because, you know, we're working hard. We're 
defending our child. We're making sure things are done right and, and holding it to task, right? Holding the teachers to task and say, no, you're going to do this. You know, That's basically a, getting what we pay for, as we say, you know, in taxes, it's like, I paid the taxes, so you're going to do this. That's right. Know? But you know, that is so true. I have, a, uh, my son's adopted and uh, was diagnosed as bipolar in, I think he was in fourth grade, second or third or fourth grade. Um, Guess who his only advocate was? Me. You, yeah. And that doesn't mean he was doing things right at school. That doesn't mean that he was a handful. That does not mean any no. of that. But I was the only one who cared. Yeah. And I had to, um, and even though my husband and I are now divorced, I, we stayed together till Kevin graduated from high school. He needed both of us. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know if that was the right thing to do. I just know that that's the decision I made. And because he needed, um, I couldn't have done Kevin by myself. Mm -hmm. Couldn't have. I needed, I needed my ex to be there and he was a good dad. Um, not really good husband, <laughs> <laughs> but he was a good dad. And so you are your child's only advocate. And yep. I think sometimes when you are in a single Fam, a single parent home, it's hard to be an advocate because you've got so many things in the well, iron. Well, like Rebecca you know, said, shifting things, yes. shifting your attention. Yes. So many shifting attentions, you don't get to get on that track yes. of watching over the child. Whereas when there's a husband and wife or, or a partner or whatever, whatever you know, right. it doesn't even hurt to have... Uh, big brother, big sisters, you know, that's what, that's why they started Big Brothers, Big Sisters, right? Is to have yeah. somebody that can be an advocate to the child. Hey guys, let's take a short break and we'll be right back, okay? Right. Sure. Mm -hmm. Interested in getting your concealed carry permit? Perkins Protection Training offers state-approved concealed carry classes for both New Mexico and Utah, taught by a certified NRA instructor, local woman-owned and ran by husband and wife team since 2004. Individual coaching, ensuring every student learns according to their individual needs, complete with pre-class and follow-up tutoring. One-on-one, -on -one, beginner, and advanced classes also available. Mention KDAZ for 10% off class. Call 505-238-1214. That's 505-238-1214 or on the web at Perkins Protection training.com. 
Longing to be free of pain? Free of pain meds? To move freely and easily again? Call Dr. Lynn today. 505-200-0271. RiverlightCommunityPT.com. 505-200-0271. the day he came to the world in the usual way but there were planes to catch and bills to pay he learned to walk while i was away and he was talking for i knew it and as he grew he'd say i'm gonna be like you dad you know i'm gonna be like you and the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon welcome back to freedom speak I'm your host, Becca Marie. Wow. We went down that rabbit hole before the break, and that song was the one that played. It's like, how appropriate. Oh, my God. It's like it's like I planned that, you know? Anyway, so uh, welcome back. You're listening to KDAZ 96.9 FM AM 700, and you can listen from anywhere at conservativetalkabq.com. I'm here with my good friends, uh, Glenna and Derek. And... Uh, we kind of went down this rabbit hole before the break about uh, children and how they're raised nowadays and how parents aren't there. Wow, that, that song is perfect. <laughs> 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 anyway, so, yeah, it's like, and we were talking about on the break, we were talking about how critical thinking is something that is not taught anymore in school. And then we have this combination of these broken homes in which... You've probably got a parent that is working all the time to support them without the other parent. And where is the opportunity for the single parent to teach the kid anything at home? Yep. And, you know, we've got these dark forces at work that really just want to turn an entire generation of children into just mindless drones. Do y'all remember... Am I on? Yeah, you're on. Okay. Do y'all remember um, when Glenn Beck was on Fox and he had the blackboard? I love, yes. I I love, love the blackboard. Okay? Yes, I love the blackboard. One I miss thing the blackboard. that I, you know, he, to me, he was always just, he was always right, but he was, his timing was always off. Like he just never knew when this would happen. And I remember him saying, they are teaching your children in school not to trust your parents, and call them stupid because yep. they don't know what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. So you lose uh, respect for your parent from either uh, uh, life in yeah. general, yeah. okay? But they said it was, it was like that. they started teaching that. They started teaching don't trust your parents. They don't know what they're talking about. And so if you have a conservative parent... And you, Derek, you're talking about your son is a fish out of water. Yeah. But they're teaching them that your parent is archaic. Yeah. Their views are archaic. Yep. And that they don't know what they're talking. They're being taught that in school. Yeah. Yep. To do that. Mm -hmm. I, I find that, so that critical thinking is gone. You, if I listen to my grandparent today, I can't today because they're gone. But, I'm defined, but you listen to their stories, how much did you learn 
a lot. You learned a lot from them. And it's okay to have differing opinions, but when you call your parent, your mom or dad stupid and you don't know what you're talking about, which I did when oh, I was in high Oh, there would have been school. consequences for that when yes, I was Yes, exactly, because I did that in high school and that yeah. was not a fun thing, mm -hmm. okay? But now it's almost acceptable. You're cool if you say that. And it continues into college where there's no critical thinking. That's just, I, I find that um, I, I, it scares me for this nation. Well, you know, an interesting thing I looked up to, because I, I, I just kind of really dug into this whole thing about intelligence. And, and I was listening, uh, I was reading about IQ, and they were talking about how IQ is determined. And, and they were talking about fluid intelligence. And uh, they were also talking about a thing that they called... Uh, Explain fluid to me, fluid, fluid. intelligence. Okay. Fluid intelligence is basically something you're born with. This is why that when they do an IQ test on a uh, on someone, it the only accurate way to get a, a good reading is when you're very young. It's right, like, I did one at six or yes, seven. Okay. I did one, I remember way back when I was in elementary school. Right. So I was like really super young. That's when you got, because that way you don't have preconceived notions, you don't have a bunch of learned information yeah. uh, to go by. What the, what the measure is of IQ, it's, it's your ability to problem solve. Right. It's your ability to look at a set of, of, of variables and factors and be able to see the relationship between them. Got it. Without any kind of learned knowledge. Okay. A after you get learned knowledge, then you really can't get an accurate read. Um, so basically, <clears throat> for the most part, some, a child that has a high IQ is more likely to succeed in life because they have the ability to learn, critically think. think, and solve problems. Um, and so when given more information, they'll be able to better utilize it. That's, that's the general idea. Um, there are plenty of people that, <laughs> plenty of people in my life I've met that are actually not very smart at all, but they learned how to do something really, really good and they really worked hard at it and they were very successful. Right. So, so it's not a, a measure of whether or not you can be successful in life because anybody can be successful in life if they use what they have to the fullest. And, and, and I've always had this uh, thought, you know, I, I had an incredibly high IQ when I was measured as a kid. Um, and so I always have learned things really, really fast. So I've learned one thing right after the other throughout my whole life. Well, now it's coming in useful because I'm, I'm, the work I do outside of this is like requires multiple skill sets and, and I've got them all. So it's like people pay me whatever, pretty much whatever I ask and, and I have, I'm never short on work. I, I don't have that problem. So, nope. <laughs> so, but, but anyway, so, uh, but you know, for someone to say, oh, well, I'm just too dumb and I can't, I can't succeed in life. That's just not true. It's like anybody, everybody's good at something. I've, I've always found everybody's good at something. It's like, find that thing you're good at. Right. It's like we were talking about earlier before the show about how you prefer to, to be an Indian yes. rather than a chief. Yes. And it's like, the thing is, is like, we need a lot of Indians. It's like, if everybody was a chief, We'd never get anything done. Right. Yeah. And you need good chiefs, but I, I mean, I loved being Indian. You need good I, Indians, too. Right, yeah, and I agree with that. You know, you're talking about, I go back to my son who was bipolar, and he's been homeless. He's been the whole bit. The, he has now been working for four years. He's finally in an apartment, and he's a shift manager at a Krispy Kreme. Now, let me tell you something. 
I don't care if he does that for the rest of his life. He has purpose. Yeah. That's right. And you yeah. know what? He's a shift manager now. He could become a general manager. Right. He could move up the ladder to corporate. He could be making a very, very good living working at Krispy Kreme. Right. Mm -hmm. All he has to do is like, hey, I learned how to make the donuts. I'm going to learn how to make the... <laughs> got to make the donuts. Remember those commercials? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Time to make the donuts. I remember those Dunkin' Donut commercials when I was a kid. It's like, but, you know, make how to, learn how to make donuts as good as you can make them. That's exactly right. And and there you go. You can you can be a, a wealthy donut maker. That's right. And I'm just I'm proud of him, and and I yeah. just I'm just telling you the difference I see when he used to sit in front of the TV and play play uh, games uh -huh. and not working, and finally he's homeless because he's not working. And what he's doing now, he I'm not kidding, he never misses a day. I mean, and that to me, we were talking about parents. That to me is I let him make his own mistakes. And he also knew that you don't play sick. I yeah. never played sick. Yeah. I think he saw that. Oh, God, I can't say I didn't do yeah, that. Yeah, I did. School <laughs> always bored me. <laughs> I was like, why am I going to that That's place? Right. But, but we all have new. different experiences. Your yeah. son is different than mine. I mean, yeah. I, had, I, had other, uh, I had other things that went with Kevin. Right. And, uh, but I'm so proud of him today. And that's a cool thing. Well, you know, I mentioned in my open, I mentioned about uh, entitlement uh, mentalities. There you go. We have a lot of that nowadays. It's like, it's like okay, I know a lot of people are going to be a lot of people are going to be mad at me about a lot of a things lot of I'm things. going to say today, and that's okay. If you're mad at me, that means I'm getting you thinking. Uh, that's okay. Send me an email. Chew me out. I don't care. Um, so, kids do not need cell phones. Kids do not fo need phones. Period. Thank they you. don't. Thank you. You know, when I was kidding, I said that before uh, this before. And no, you have. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to say but it I'm again. Just, I'm, I'm going to say yeah, it again. Here she goes. Uh, our idea of a mobile phone when I was a kid was a longer cord on the phone yes. hanging right. on yeah. the kitchen that's wall. Right. That's it. And we had a time. And the parents can pick up and listen. That's right. Uh, you've been on the phone long enough. Yep. Time to wrap time it to up. Wrap get it off up. the phone. Okay, we're you know, so go outside and play. Yep. And and you know. This is funny. I've got this story. This is great. This is perfect. I've got this story that somebody shared with me on social media. I don't know if you guys have read this or not, but it's so, I'm going to read it because it's so good. It's about our childhoods, and I'm sure both of you guys can relate to mm -hmm. it just like I can because things are so much different now, and I feel so sorry for the kids that are growing up nowadays because they're missing out on this because it was awesome. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to read this little thing. Go for it. I grew up in Phoenix, Arizona. A lot of my clothes came from JCPenney Outlet or Mervyn's. Mervyn's. I haven't heard Mervins. that one in yeah, a long time. Been forever. I got things from the Sears Robot catalog. Uh, the mall was for special outfits. Eating out at a restaurant was a huge huge deal that only happened for special occasions. Hey, for us, a big deal was getting together with the family and going to the A&W root beer stand and having the frosty mug brought to the door. Yep. And, and, and oh, it was amazing. It was yeah. like, oh my God, that's the highlight of the week. Fast food was leftovers at home. That's correct. That's Eating correct. popsicles was a treat on a hot day. Yep. We had medic drug for candy and you only needed one cent or no, one dollar or less. Well, heck, you could buy penny candy back then. School was mandatory. 
You took your school clothes off as soon as you got home yes. and put on your play clothes. If no one was home after school, you jumped the gate or went in through the window. Yep. Yep. <laughs> nobody that was paid, me. Nobody paid for daycare family. Uh, the family was the ba babysitter. Yep. We ate dinner at the table. Yes. Yep. We ate dinner at yep. the table as a family. Yes. Yep. Everybody. Yep. And darn it, if you were outside playing, you had to be back home at, for me, it was 5 p.m. Yep. Because everybody needed to be sitting at that table, including mom and dad. We all had to be sitting at the table because dinner was ready. Yep. Our house phone was always being used. We <laughs> played cops and robbers. Mm. One, two, three, not it. Red light, green light, hide and seek, truth or dare, tag, kickball, dodgeball, and we rode bikes. Street football. Girls and boys played in the street or mm -hmm. in the house. Yeah. We used to do that too. Yeah. We used to play in the street until uh, the street light would, lights come would come on. on. Yeah. And yeah. they usually the parents would let us uh, play in the street for a little while. And But we had to be home by a certain time. Yeah. Uh, we came home when the street lights came on. Yeah. Children were seen and not heard. Yeah. That's right. It's like when, first of all, when you were during the day, especially on the weekends, you were not allowed in the house, period. Yep. That was mom's time in the house alone. Yep. We get out, we said, go out and play. I don't want to see you until lunchtime. And we stayed outside. There Dad, were no so video she games. wouldn't kill us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. that's right. <laughs> um, if mom and dad were talking to other adults, we did not interrupt oh, no. them. No. We did not barge into mom and dad's room. No, and, okay? Mrs. and Mrs. Cherry next door could also say, Glenna, that's enough without feeling, you know what I mean? They were yeah. your mothers. You had mothers all over the whole street. That's oh, right. yes. The oh, parents yes. were all in, in contact yeah. with yep. each other. Yeah. Staying in the house was a punishment, and the only thing we knew about was being bored. Yep. yep. You better find something to do before I find it for, for you. you. <laughs> oh, I've heard that one I've so heard many, that many times. times. Oh, Mom, I love yeah. you. I know yeah. you're listening to this. Yeah. I heard that from you a number of times. We ate what Mom made for dinner, or we ate nothing at all. Oh, my God. I remember my mom would, some, would make always, and you know, oh, my God, Mom, I appreciate you so much, appreciate you so much for this. I, I love my mom so much. <laughs> she, would, she would make this. She would do her darndest to make a balanced meal for us every, every dinner time, and we'd have a vegetable. And we'd have and a some, starch and a and starch, and we'd have some meat, and we and and we were always told, "I want you to eat at least at least a, a little a bit of everything." That's right. Yeah, yeah. I, I really, it was spinach, cooked spinach with with uh, hard boiled eggs on top. Oh God, I've never tried that. Oh, that doesn't sound horrible. too bad, really. And I would have to. It would be cold by the time I had to have a bite because I oh. had to. Do you have know a what bite. I always hated oh. and I still do? The oh most. yeah, the no thank you helping. Yeah, you have to <laughs> no, bite. You. you have to have it. That's yeah, right. yeah. Oh. Uh, one thing I always hated and I still do is the mixed vegetables. I oh, know. the mixed vegetables uh, are I, horrible. I, I hate they're awful. I, Mom, I, I hated those and I still do. But go on. Uh, there was no bottled water. No, there wasn't. No. We drank from the tap. Of course, then the water was probably a little safer from the tap or the water hose. Yeah, yep. I remember doing that yep. uh, because there was uh, no coming in and out of the, the house. house. Yeah, that's, that's correct. Right. Yeah, that's you go correct. out, you stay out. You, stay you out. come back when it's time to eat. Yep. Phone numbers and addresses were either memorized or written on a folded piece of paper which was kept with you at all times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you could call <laughs> your so mom. If you <laughs> and if you needed to call mom, uh, you, fat, you know, if you had a little change, you'd uh, put a dime in the phone booth and, and call home, which... Uh, we were never that far from home. No. Uh, we just 
you know, we'd just come home, and or we would maybe call from a friend's house, maybe, if we were allowed in the friend's house. If we were right, allowed, right. Parents, Sometimes their you parents weren't. threw them out too. Yeah. Uh, we watched cartoons on Saturday. I, I used oh, to love yeah. those Saturday morning cartoons. We watched Tarzan. Yeah. Oh, Tarzan. Yeah. Tarzan. The, Tarzan. I used to like the Tarzan. Voltron. Yeah. That was me and my my and sister. The Voltron. Yeah. The Flintstones. And rode our bikes for hours. Yeah. I used to ride my bikes for miles and miles. Oh yeah. Miles. Well, you and rode you, them to school. Mm-hmm. You rode them. I, I rode, rode a bus. I rode mine to school I every day school. when I was a kid. Oh yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. You know, nowadays it's so funny. We, you know, we had, we had the option of riding bikes to school, walking to school, riding the bus to school. Yep. My yep. parents never took us to school. Oh, no. no my What's parents, the deal no. nowadays with everybody driving their Unless, kids to school? I don't even get that. The only time she took me was if there was a special occasion, right? She would uh-huh. drop me off to remind me to pick me up, basically, like because we, we're going to go somewhere. Yeah. Or, or she dropped me off because she had a meeting with whatever. Yeah. Or there was a special event at the school. Yeah. That was the only time I yeah. got Yeah, yeah. I honestly don't remember. Otherwise, I was time. walking or riding my bike. Yeah. I honestly don't remember a single time ever being taken to school yeah. by my parents, ever. I don't. I, I do, because we lived in Houston. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is nothing close to anything in Houston. Well, yeah, that, everything's really <laughs> right. far apart, right? right? So we ran around in the streets until dark and yep. came in before Mom had to find us. Right. The street lights came on. We were afraid of nothing. Yeah. We, weren't, we were indestructible when we were kids. Oh, yeah. Nowadays, kids, I mean, we we're talking about how kids, nowadays, they've been coddled. They, you got these helicopter, helicopter parents. parents. Oh, my God, they drive yep. me crazy. Right. And it's like these kids have become such wimps, and they allow them to stay in the house all the time and play video games. And, and they get fat. And why they, and do they we have eyes? Food. Why do we have eyes still? Because everything that they do, you can put out an eye. You know you can put out an eye. Well, we did bottle rocket wars, and yeah. I still. <laughs> I, do I did that. <laughs> I, I still have my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we used to have little little wars between the two. You know, the kids on the on the block away from us. Because right. We never yep. saw them, and so they were the enemies. The enemies. Yep, they, they were, were the enemies. Yeah. <laughs> so fun. That's, it's funny that that would be familiar to you guys, too. It's like, oh, my God. It's like uh, we all remember the same things. Yeah. yeah, but do you know the reason why you're talking about kids have phones is because the parents want to know where they are mm-hmm. at yeah. all times, at all places. And the things that I did when I was either in, even in high school, I did not want my parents to know. You won't believe the, you You won't believe the fight that goes on with the phone in our house. So my wife's phone, it's technically the kid's phone because we, we never got the money to buy a phone back for Ash because it exploded. It was a Samsung, it exploded. So, so we, so Ash uses the kid's phone and it's better. one of those Note. Yeah. uh, Yeah, it was a Note. Yeah. uh, Sevens. The Sevens. Yeah. It was a Seven. Yeah. And it kaboom. I mean, like I, we still have it. It's all blown up. It's really cool. But um, but anyways, so you know, she used that phone, and she kept using it, and it just became a thing. And but you know, we both had decided they're not going to ever have a phone. They can use a phone because they're 16 now. Right, and that's they'll be 17 soon. So we'll let them use the phone. And trust me, my son steals it a lot. But like we, we won't let him have it. And they hate that. They oh. they don't think it's fair and all this other stuff. But we explain to them, it's like, guys, I don't think you even understand 
the reason that these other kids are texting you is because they have one all the time and they're addicted to it. I don't want you to be addicted to it. I want mm-hmm. you to grow up somewhat as normal as uh, I can do. Yeah, and I feel that because I've, I'm because lost without mine. The, I'm, yeah. It's not a babysitter. Right. We're the babysitter. Right. You know, it's, 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 I slowly introduced my kids to technology and taught them that it's not reality. And then, you know, like, especially with, it was, it was kind of cool that we get filming around here. So I got to take the kids to a filming and they got to really understand, oh, everything on the other side's fake. It's all fake. They just, they just practice it over and over to make mm-hmm. it perfect. And I'm just like, yep. And when they got to see that, I mean, a big Lighten giant up. light bulb in their eyes. They go, actually oh. probably did not know that. They didn't. Yeah. Not before then. Yeah. Once they saw a set and how it's done and how they do it, yeah, it changed their whole perspective. Oh, cool. Yeah. And that's why I was so awesome because it was right down the street from us. It was filming. It was actually Saul. Uh, Better Call Saul? Better Call Saul. Yeah. And it was Bob. Uh, I can't think of his last name. Oh, um, uh, Odenkirk. Odenkirk. Thank yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He actually, I had met him once before a long time ago and he recognized me and I recognized him and he wanted to sit and talk, but they were shooing him away. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, he had to go to another set. But uh, they gave me, he gave me a signed photo. It was really cool. Oh, that is how neat. Yes. And he was, really my, my he was really happy that I was, he was really happy to yeah. show nice. the set and everything to the kids. And he met all the kids. And yeah, it was a really cool experience. But that changed their perspective on what goes on. Sure. You know, because now they understand and they do understand and they have, a, I would say, a better understanding of what to watch, what not to watch. You know, because I've gotten better at saying, hey, guys, it's your discretion. If it feels wrong, don't watch it. Don't Just watch shut it. it off. Change it. And they do. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's taken a long time. We're very proud of our children and we do get compliments sometimes, and, but, but we're on the inside. So we're like, well, really? You think our kids are that good? No way. No way. But no, they are. They're they're really good kids, and we've worked very hard to get them to where they're at. You know. Well, you know, we were talking about the cell phones, and I and I looked into that a little bit too because one thing that's always concerned me about the cell phone thing, okay, with kids is that, and even with adults, okay, is that you don't have to remember things anymore. You don't have to really think. You just look everything up. You just Google everything. Right, you don't have to know what six times five is. You really don't. No, you don't. You don't. You don't. don't. So, you know, the thing is, is I remember when I was in school, they would not allow us to use technology. Yeah. Okay? No calculator. Not even a calculator. Well, calculator was all we had back then. Right. Yeah, so maybe... You we know, didn't even have that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we didn't even have calcu- calculators. Didn't no. come out until some we had later. the solar like, ones, you know, the yeah. smaller solar. Yeah, ones. We, oh, did, yeah. we didn't even know what yeah. solar was. Okay, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so, anyway, so I I did a little research on this. Are smartphones making us stupid? Okay, so the 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 interesting thing about it is they did a lot of experiments on this. Okay, and so. They did experiments on people about their uh, attention span, how able, how much, how how they're able to solve a problem or or think about something or come up with an answer to something, and they found that that if the cell phone <coughs> is sitting, <coughs> excuse me, is sitting in front of you where you can see it, even if it's face down or turned off, you're you're distracted. You're not able to think as good. Now, if the phone is put away in the other room or in your pocket where you can't see it, you're 
cognitive ability increases dramatically. No, is that interesting or what? Very so there's a psychological <clears throat> effect, there not is. just a physical, <clears throat> right? Exactly. So, so the interesting thing, there's that. Okay, so if you've got, let's say for instance, you send your kid to school with a cell phone, a smartphone specifically, they, and they're, they're trying to learn in school, and they've got that cell phone there, they're probably not picking up hardly anything of what they're being taught. Hmm. Okay. So yet another reason why kids do not have, should not have cell phones. No, I yeah. agree with that. I, you know, I have my iWatch, my watch, and it uh, beeps every time that I got a, I get a message or, mm -hmm. oh, or an email. Yeah. And guess what I'm doing? I, and I'm, I'm really trying not to do this anymore because I'm like this. Attention. I'm shifting like this. Yep. Right. Because yeah. if oh, you're, who called? Right. Oh. Because if you're not looking at it, you're thinking about looking yes, at I it. Yes, I am. And, and it's like, I have found, you know, I've gotten to where I've really controlled myself a lot on the cell phones. Like, for instance, I'll, I'll go to a restaurant with somebody and they have their cell phone and they're distracted. They, oh, the whole time. And I they're feel like They're distracted by the cell phone. And don't you feel like a second, like I'm not important? Yeah. Yeah, you're not uh, yeah. important. Yeah. yeah. Excuse me. Uh, you, hello. Hello. It's, kind of a, <laughs> it's like, I thought you came to dinner with me. Right. And it's like, so... What I always make it a point to do is I will put my cell phone stashed in my purse where I can't yep, see it me too. as yeah, much as possible yeah. because that way I'm not thinking about it. I'm not looking at it. Yeah. I'm not concerned about what, because I mean, I get flooded by messages yeah, on my cell know, phone. Yeah, you know, we've discovered really that do. with Ant. You know, he gets yeah. calls all the time. We need we time. And, yeah. And, yeah, you shut it off. And we sh Oh, yeah, we in our campaign, we had to just you we shut it off. You have to. And, yeah. and, uh, and I understand some things are important, but so am I. But it can wait. <laughs> Look at me, but so am I. It can wait till the next day, especially <laughs> yeah. if it's in the evening. It can wait till the next That's day. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So, so anyway, um, I, I did a little research on a couple other things, too. I'd mentioned in my open about formaldehyde. Mm -hmm. That's a real, really interesting topic. And a friend of mine shared this information with me the other day. And do you know that a lot of the building materials they're using in a lot of new homes, you know, they're using a lot of, uh, you know, well, you know, they're trying to avoid using like where they just take a tree and cut a board out of it. You know, they're trying to come up with materials they can make out of sawdust and different other oh, materials. That, right, right, yeah. right. So, but I, th I think they stick it to this, the process of sticking this stuff together and making boards out of it. They use formaldehyde. Right. And for a certain amount of time, I mean, it could be a couple of years or a little bit more, that you, let's say you have a brand new house built and you move into it, there's formaldehyde gas getting expelled into the air. And it's several times higher than the safe limit. Whoa. The EPA knows about this. They've actually given warnings about this, that sometimes you, if a new house is built, don't even, you have to have it, have all the windows open, all this other stuff. There's actually, there's concern about this. It's yeah, they're, they're suggesting that if you move into a new house, it, is it the, because it is a more of a greenhouse, or I mean, you no, know, it's just it's just that's just what the just product materials. they're using. Just materials. materials. Got it. Okay. Yeah, just materials. So hey guys, um, we are at the end of the first hour, and I've still got a few things I want to do on this topic that are kind of fun. So we'll do that in the in the beginning of the second hour, and plus I've got uh, Dale Perkins that has joined us. He'll be with us on the second hour as well. So we have a and lot. I may be backing out, my dear. Okay, oh, no. I've got an aunt. You got an aunt. I got an aunt aunt. I got, got an aunt You got problem. an aunt problem. I got an aunt problem. Remember that commercial, the aunt problem? <laughs> That's right. I have an oh aunt my God. problem. Well, so. we're part of the aunt army, so <laughs> we're behind right. you. There you go. We like that aunt army. But let me tell you, the aunt is more important than right. the aunt. Yes, okay? yes. <laughs> well, thank you for stopping by. You're welcome. Okay. I enjoyed it so much, and, as always. Thank and we'll, you. And we'll see you again, I'm sure. You will. So we'll be right back after the break.